1 Samuel 22, verses 1. We're going to just read verse, uh, just going to read verse 1. David therefore departed from there and escaped to the cave of Adullam. So when his brothers and all his father's house heard it, they went down there to him. Let's go ahead and read two. Let's read one again. David therefore departed from there and escaped to the cave of Adullam. So when his brothers and all his father's house heard it, they went down there to him. And everyone who was distressed, everyone who was in debt, and everyone who was discontented gathered to him. So he became the captain over them. And there were about 400 men with him. David went alone, and everyone who was distressed, everyone who was in debt, and everyone who was discontented and sorrowful and bitter gathered with him, and he became the captain over them. Would you set your Bibles down, your devices down, and would you one more time while you're standing, would you lift your hands towards heaven? Lord, we love you tonight. We're thankful tonight for your presence. We're thankful for your word that is anointed. It is forever settled. God, I pray tonight that I would only be a conduit tonight, God, that I would only be a vessel that you would speak through and to flow through. God, I ask uh, that your anointing would rest on me tonight just to speak what you would have me to say, nothing more and nothing less. Lord, I pray tonight that your anointing would rest on the ears and the hearts and the minds and the mouths and the emotions of every individual that's in this house tonight, oh God, and that you would speak and that you would move, that I would only say what you would have me to say. In the mighty name of Jesus, we give you thanks and we give you praise. Now turn to somebody before you're seated and just let them know how glad you are to see them tonight in the house of the Lord. Oh, amen. As I begin to study and to prepare, and it just is a different thing for me sometimes, but this passage of Scripture and this uh, Wednesday night, uh, this passage of Scripture came into my remembrance as I begin to think about David, I begin to think about the purpose, I begin to think about the calling that, is on Dave, that was on David's life and the task that was given to him. The anointing that rested on him. And then I begin to think about all the things that tried to conspire against him. And the things that would even try to cause David a man of purpose, a man of destiny, um, to at times do things that he should not do. Say things that he should not say and go places that he should not go. Our text as it begins, we are finding David. David is running from place to place. He has lied. He is hiding. He is, um, he is wanted. He's a wanted man. He's heir to the throne. He's been anointed by God to be king. And he is running. Uh, he is running for his life. And 
He has had to act crazy. He has had to lie. He has had to act like a madman so that he can escape any, any uh, group or any uh, clan of people that may give up and give in and tell where he is at while he is trying to figure this out. And so our text picks up in 1 Samuel chapter 22. David, therefore, he departs and he goes and he escapes to a cave. A man that has a calling on his life goes to a place that he thinks is safe, goes to a place that he thinks uh, will give him, the, the, um, at least for the immediate, the security that he needs while he tries. While he tries. Somebody say, while he tries. While he tries to figure out what his next move is. The Lord never told David to go to the cave, but David said, I'm going to go to the cave. I'm going to hide here for a little while so that I can try to figure out what is going on. This is a little different for me tonight, and uh, sometimes I get a little, uh, I get a little excited. I get a little um, maybe emotional sometimes, um, passionate, some have said, but. I want to give what the Lord has given me tonight. I want to speak to someone. There are people in this room tonight. I, um, I don't know many situations maybe that you are facing tonight or that you are going through or that you are experiencing. But I do know that there are callings and there are giftings. Every person in this room has a calling on their life. And because you have a calling on your life, there is also a target, not just on your back, but there's a target on your head. And because of that, when our emotions begin to play into those things, we begin to try to figure out how we can survive and how we can make it another day. David goes to the cave, he escapes to the cave, so when his brothers and all of his household, all of his father's house hear where he's at, they go down to where David is at. Now David is trying to hide, he's trying to stay away from people, and they go to where David is at. And then there are people, everyone that is distressed, somebody say distressed, everybody say in debt. Aggravated, frustrated, bitter, go to where David is at. The old phrase says that misery loves company, and David finds himself with a group of people that are in, not in the exact same situation that he is in, but they're in a similar situation because if they're in debt and they're distressed and if they have uh, possibly uh, spoken, uh, they're in trouble because now they're in the cave with, with David. They're, they're guilty by association with David, okay? But God knows what he's doing through, through all of that. And the word says that David becomes the captain over them. David is not looking to lead anyone at this particular moment, but the calling that is on David's life, the cave cannot take the calling away. The hiding place cannot take the calling and the anointing that is on David's life 
it cannot take it away. The calling can't be hid. So tonight I've come to talk to someone in this house tonight. Just bear with me for a few moments. That you feel like you are running for your life. You feel like that every corner you turn, there is something else that is after you, that is trying to get to you, that is trying to poke at you, that is trying to uh, uh, mess you up and trying to trip you and trying to stop you from doing what God has called you to do. Now, I said it once and I'll say it again. There are probably many situations, many of those situations are present in this house tonight that I don't know anything about. But I would tell someone tonight in this house that God has not called you for just a moment. God doesn't call you and then walk away from you. We think that we can discount the calling that God has placed on our lives because of situations and because of circumstances. We think that we can, you see, what I, you see where I'm getting when I start saying we think and I think. I think sometimes that because of things that life has dealt me, it gives me a pass from the calling or the gifting that God has put on my life. But we find in the life of David, whether David is is on the battlefield with a slingshot in hand ready to take on Goliath or whether he is in a cave hiding for his life, the calling of God cannot be hid on David's life. Can I tell someone in this house tonight that it is the desire of the adversary for you to find yourself in a cave. It is the desire of the adversary for you to just walk away, try to walk away from the calling because he has tricked you into believing that if you would just tuck yourself away, that you can get away from the target, you can stop being the target, you can get away from the arrows, you can get away from the things that the enemy would try to throw at you and try to mess with you if you can just find yourself and get yourself in tucked away into a cave. But can I tell you, the calling of God is bigger than that. The calling of God is stronger than that. David thinks, I'm going to go to this cave for at least a little while. God hasn't told me to, but I'm going to go to the cave for just a little while so that I can catch my breath, so that I can figure out what my next move is, so that I can maybe somehow, just maybe somehow, get the direction that I need. And before David can even get to the place that he even, I don't think that he could have even laid his head down on a stone in the cave or in the that hole and in that area before his brothers. And then the guys that said, I am as good for dead as he is probably, so I'm going to go to the place where David is at. And the calling of God begins to uh, uh, just, just almost like a magnet, almost like a light, begins to draw people to the place where David is at. Now, some would believe that this is a gentle hand of God uh, leading these people uh, to David, and I won't discount what they think about that so that David doesn't feel like that he is alone, so that David does not feel like he is isolated. And I say, yes, that is, a, that, that is probably a very valid point. But I also believe that the reason that people were drawn to the place where he was at was not necessarily to encourage David, was not necessarily to prop David up, but there was 
was a calling on David's life that the cave couldn't steal, that a moment of weakness. Talk to somebody tonight that feels like they've had moments of weaknesses and so their calling has been stripped off of them or pulled off of them or they've had a moment where they felt like they were in, that, that, that they were not important and that what they were doing was not, was not anything of great value. But I'm telling someone in this house tonight that God has called you and a cave cannot hide the calling that is on your life. Understand tonight that this is youth-led service and we have put a focus and an emphasis on our youth. But can I tell you tonight, I have not come with just a youth-led sermon tonight. I have not come with a sermon tonight, but I have come with what God has given me to speak to this congregation tonight. David is still. God has pulled these people to David. God has brought these people to David and David all of a sudden, he thinks that he's all alone and he becomes a captain over these people. And these people are looking to David. David is running for his life and these people are looking to David saying, David, what are we going to do? What are we going to do and what can we do to help you? And automatically they become enlisted. They become enlisted. And David says, all right, I've got a host of men here. I've got, some, I've got something that I can work with because God never leaves you with some, without anything to work with. Then David went to Mizpah of Moab, and he said to the king of Moab, please let my mother and my father stay here because David is still thinking that he has got to figure this out. Can I say that again? David is still thinking that the battle Now, he knew that the battle was the Lord's uh, when he was facing Goliath. But now David is trying to figure out, so he goes to the king of Moab and he says, Would you care, my mother and father, would you take care of my, would you hide my mother and father? Would you let them be tucked away somewhere in the palace? Would you let them be tucked away in someplace safe until, what did he say? Until I know what God will do for me. So he brought them before the king Moab, and they dwelt with him all the time that David was in the stronghold. The stronghold. Somebody say the stronghold. The stronghold. You know, when we talk about strongholds, it's like we feel like that we, and there are strongholds that have to be broken. Amen? When we talk about strongholds, we're always like, man, you know, the enemy. It's a stronghold from the enemy. And the scripture says that they held David's parents while David was in the stronghold. But verse 5 says this, now the prophet Gad said to David, do not stay in the stronghold. Is this too shallow? I guess it is. 
Sister Violet, David was probably expecting there to be some loud voice from heaven that said through the prophet, do this and 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 I'm going to 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 do this. Thus saith the Lord. The Lord says, don't stay in the stronghold. Don't stay in the stronghold. Would you lift your hands towards heaven right now? Would you just pray for just a moment right now? We take authority over every distraction that's in this house right now in the name of Jesus. We take authority over every stronghold, man-made, made demonically by the enemy. We take authority in the name of Jesus over it right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Somebody speak that name right now. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Now David has got everything figured out for his family. He's got everything figured out for his immediate brother Billy. He's got everything figured out for the moment. And then he gets back to the cave. And the prophet, the prophet, I guess, was running for his life too. Because he finds himself in the cave. I tried to figure out, well, where is, this is jumping all around. Because one minute he's up here talking to the king. The next minute the prophet is speaking to him and he's in the cave. And the man of God, the voice of God speaks to David and says, Get out of the stronghold. Loose yourself from the thing that you have put yourself in. We do a lot of blaming the enemy. I'm going to say it right now. We do a lot of blaming the enemy, and we do a lot of blaming God for the situations that we are in. But sometimes you just need to look at yourself in the mirror and you need to listen to the voice of God that flows through the man of God. You need to listen to the voice of God that flows through the word of God. You need to listen to the voice of God that flows in your prayer, that flows while you're praying and while he's speaking. There was not some big uh, elaborate thing, but the prophet said to David, do not stay in the stronghold. This is why the enemy is working overtime on the church to keep the church out of the church. I'm going to say that again. This is why the enemy is working overtime on the church to keep the church out of the church. Not that we can't have moves of God across the table with one another. Not that we can't have moves of God um, um, while we're at work on the line or wherever we might be. But the The adversary has tricked us into believing that things get better when we disconnect. But when we disconnect, it creates a stronghold. And 
And the first thing that happens when a stronghold begins to be created in this way, it makes us believe that the adversary is out to get us and God is a million miles away. So I'm going to lock myself in a stronghold in a cave somewhere and try to figure this out. But the prophet said you need to get out of the stronghold. You need to depart. And you need, you've got to go to the land of Judah. It doesn't say that David said, I tell you what, prophet, I'm going to, uh, I'm going I'm to, um, I'm going to pray about this. We're going to sleep tonight and then we're going to see about this. There is not even a verse change in this conversation. And the word says, so David departed. David got up out of the cave. Somebody needs to listen to the voice of God when the voice of God begins to speak. You could break yourself. Pardon me and just pull me, Pastor. But you could break out of some strongholds tonight if you would just get up from where you're at. I'm going to be polite and I'm going to be kind. But there are some things that you have blamed everybody and their brother you have blamed every situation that you can blame. You, can bl- you have blamed everything that has been unfair in your life. And I have done the same thing before. And you know where I ended up? I ended up in a cave. I started thinking about how bad everything was and how, how awful everything was. And it would be better off if I wasn't around. And, and, and I'm just going to seclude myself. And I'm just going to get myself. I'm going to tuck myself back somewhere in a cave. I'm going to hide somewhere. Maybe where I can just get a breather so that I can figure out what my next step is. That's what people say when they quit going to church. We're just trying to figure out what our next move is and what our next step is. No, that's a stronghold. That's not an excuse. That's a stronghold. I've come to tell someone tonight, if you don't remember anything else that I've said, don't remember anything I said, okay, tonight. But you remember what the Holy Ghost said tonight. You need to break yourself out. I said you need to break yourself. You need to wake up and break yourself out. You need to quit blaming your family situation. You need to quit blaming your spouse for what you're going through and break yourself out tonight. You need to quit blaming your upbringing. You need to quit blaming past addictions and past hurts. And you need to break yourself out tonight. The prophet didn't say, oh, David, you remember... That oil that flowed on you, you remember? You remember how it happened? God's got your back. God's going to take care of you. The prophet didn't say any of that to him. He said, get up and get out of the stronghold. Get up and get out of the cave that you have created. Excuses. Past hurts and they hurt. Past pains, they hurt. Diseases, they hurt. Broken relationships, they hurt. Misunderstandings, hurt. Callings that are make, make you to become sometimes misunderstood and even confused at times. 
It hurts. You're trying and you're doing the very best that you can, and it seems like then the more you try, the worse things get. And when you get one thing figured out, it feels like that something else goes wrong, and then you just begin to wait, and then you just begin to wait, and then all of a sudden you begin to be like David, and you're running from place to place trying to say, hey, Bubba, give me, give me some of that bread. Oh, you got holy bread? That's all right. I'll take it because I'm on a mission for Saul right now. And uh, I, I need to do X, Y, and Z, and I need to make sure that my ABCs and my one, two, threes are in order here, and I need to do this. You begin to try to just figure out yourself, lie about your destiny, lie about your purpose, lie about your calling so that you can find yourself in a cave, so that you can just have a time of rest. While I do believe that we all need rest, and while I, I do believe that God, it is the will of God that we have rest, I worry when we hide. Now the prophet Gad said to David, don't stay in the stronghold. Depart to the land of Judah. And usually about right now, if I was just me, we would have hyped up verse 5. And we would have been again to talk about, you got to get out of the cave and you got to get into your praise. You got to get out of the cave you got to get into your worship. You got to get into your cave. You got to get out of the cave and you got to get into worship with hands lifted up, with voices raised. You got to do all those different kinds of things. And we would be excited about that. But the scripture says so David departed and he went into the forest of Harith, which is in Judah. He went to this forest. And uh, I thought, well, this is nice. He's kind of, he's. He's going where God has called him, but it's probably still, it's a forest, so it's probably like a place that he could still kind of be camped out. Until I read what Harith was like. And Harith was a dry place. Harith was like a desert. It resembled a desert. So it wasn't all, you know, when you think of, what do you think of when you think of a forest? Praise the Lord anyways. What do you think of when you think of a forest? You think of places that you can hide. And God said, I'm taking, I'm going to send you to, I want you to go to Judah. And I want you to, your first place you're going to stop is the forest of Harith. I believe, actually I was reading, uh, I do that every once in a while. And Jewish scholars believe that it was in the forest of Harith, Brother Sean, that David would pen Psalms 23. It was in a place. I believe that God spoke to David and he said, I have never done anything 
for you or through you in a cave. But I have met you. I have met you in a desert setting while you are out with sheep trying to get them to a place where there's a brook while you're trying to get them to herd it out into a place that they need to be. I have ministered to you and I have anointed you in the desert places. God is calling this evening people. I said God is calling people tonight. To break the stronghold. I mean, it is time tonight. I'm almost done. It is time tonight to break the stronghold. It's time to break the things. I felt, I felt, somebody said, Do you give me, I hope we get some meat tonight. I hope we can break a stronghold tonight. That we've made ourselves. Because when we will get out of the stronghold. I'm going to say it. When we get out of the stronghold. We won't allow 11 and 12 year old kids to out worship us. Out praise us. I'm going to say it because I should have done more tonight. So I'm going to put the mirror out there so nobody thinks I'm being a smart aleck. But when an 11 or 12-year-old who has faced, they have faced some things in their life, but they've not faced the things that we have faced as adults yet. They have not yet had mountains that seem to be completely impossible. They haven't seen those, some of those mountains moved yet, but there are people in this room that have seen some of those mountains move. But you are allowing and you have allowed circumstances that you have entangled yourself in strongholds to keep you bound to a seat, to keep you in the cave. Jesus, I was trying to be youth-led service tonight. To, that has put you in a cave, has confined you into something has made you almost repulse getting together and trying to be part of, well, well, why should I, last time I was part of a prayer group, all hell broke loose in my house. Last time I was part of a prayer group or part of uh, the campaign to do something for the kingdom of God, this happened. Well, don't allow yourself to make a stronghold around yourself. David was not meant for the cave. If this offends you tonight, it's the word of God. David was not given a pass. He was a king. And he was not given the pass to stay in a stronghold that he had created for himself. But the voice of God spoke to him and he said, you get up. Get up. Get up. Get out of the stronghold. I haven't called you to a cave. See, we're still bound by strongholds tonight that we've made ourselves because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And the only thing 
that can lock the mouth of God and the move of God is yourself. But when you say, I'm getting up, I'm breaking out of the cave tonight. I can remember not being much older than my daughter the first time that I felt, and I, I felt it strong. People saying, you can't be this and you can't be that. I didn't know how to receive that. I didn't know how to explain that. I didn't know how to deal with that. I couldn't explain that to the only person that really understood me, my mom. I couldn't explain it to her. And my mom had to tell me, son, sometimes, I'll tell you what she was telling me. But she said, son, sometimes you just have to encourage yourself in the Lord. You know what she was telling me? Son, sometimes you just got to break out of the stronghold. You just got to get out of the cave. If we were living by what men said, there are people in this room that would be dead if you had listened to the doctor. But God said something different. There are people that are still married today. If you had listened to the counselor, you would be divorced today. There are people in this room, if you had listened to the psychiatrist, you would be locked up somewhere, but God said something different about you. The biggest enemy that we face in 2023 is not the adversary because the tricks and the schemes of the adversary have been since the time that he fell. The biggest adversary, the biggest thing that we face in 2023 is me. You and what we allow and what we don't allow. I'm coming out. I am coming out. I'm going to tell you what I believe, and you just believe whatever you want. But if David had discounted what the prophet of God had, what God had said to him, what the prophet had spoken to him, I have no doubt that before the sun rose the next day that Saul and his men would have found David and they would have slain him. They would have slain his men. But can I tell you, because he listened, because he listened to the voice of God and he did not stay. We need a shift in our minds. We need to, listen to me right now, we need a shift in our minds because we have somehow figured out and we have somehow thought that what we think supersedes and outweighs what God says. But I've got to stop listening to those voices. You hear me right now? You hear me right now? We have got to stop listening to those voices that are trying to sway us, that are trying to distract us. You hear me right now, parent that's in this room, I'm with you and I'm standing beside you. We have got to stop listening to the voices that the, of, of ourselves. and the re, You hear me right now? And the reasoning of ourselves that can sometimes be persuaded by the enemy, but sometimes it's just us. It's the culture that we're around. It's the people that we're around. It's the company that we better know that we're leading our families with what thus saith the word of the Lord. And we got to break out of the place that we're in. And we've got to listen. If God says go, we got to go. If God says move, we got to move. 
David said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He's in a desert. He's running for his life. But God takes him back to a familiar place. Could it be tonight that if we could break out of the cave, God would say, hey, come here. I want to take you back to a... Have you ever had and it's... Have you ever been somewhere and it made you, it just made memories flood? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Have you ever walked in somewhere and it, you smell something? Good, bad. But you smell something and it takes you back. You know what I'm talking about? It takes you back to a certain place. God says to David, David, you're running for your life. You do not have control. But I'm fixing to take you to a place so that I can remind you who you are, what I've called you to be, what I've, what I've equipped you to do. And he begins to speak, and David begins to write, the Lord is my shepherd. Every, every, it feels like everything's against me, but the Lord is my shepherd, and I won't want he makes me, I'm in a desert place, but I'm in the place that reminds me of a bear. It reminds me of a lion. It reminds me of the times that I would feel the anointing of God on my life while I was minding my own business, tending my father's sheep. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. David doing? David is, it, it, it's a beautiful medley because he's in Judah. And when he begins to talk about the Lord being a shepherd, what, he, what is he doing? He's really, he's offering praise. He's offering up, uh, I know who you are. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I have made a big mess of my life. I have made big mistakes in my life. I'm trying to get out of a stronghold. I'm trying to get out of a cave. And David takes a few steps and he gets to the place. He wasn't far from there. That's the beauty of it. It doesn't say, and they traveled for four weeks. But he traveled to that place quickly. And then he began to worship. And he began to praise. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters in a desert place, but he begins to think about how big God is. He begins to think about how powerful God is. Can I tell you, when we break out of the cave, when we break out of the stronghold, when the goodness of God, he says he restores my soul. What was he saying? He's saying, I'm repenting right now, and he's restoring something inside of me. He, he, he's doing something inside of me. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. What was he saying? He's saying I'm in a desert. There is no hiding here. I don't know uh, what tomorrow holds, but all of a sudden I know who 
And I remember who holds my tomorrow. He said, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. He just changed his posture when he got into a place that was no longer a stronghold. When he broke out of the cave and he got into Jerusalem. Why is, why is the enemy and why are we telling ourselves to stay out of the house of God? I'm going to tell you one of the biggest reasons why. Because collectively in this house, there is praise and there is worship and there is word and there is truth and there is prophetic utterances that go forth out of this house. And can I tell you, it can happen and it will happen and it does happen across the table from people. But we need to be in the house of the Lord because it's in the house of the Lord that I can say tomorrow I'm going to be walking through the valley of the shadow of death but I broke out of the cave and I've gotten into praise I've got into the I might feel like that I'm surrounded. I might feel like that I'm afraid. I might feel like that all hope is gone. But I am no longer entangled in the stronghold. I have broken out of the cave. So the shadow of death, I'm not going to fear it. I'll fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. He said, if you got to lead me gently with the rod, or if you got to break my leg and say, get out of the cave and start moving, I'm going to do what you have asked me to do because it comforts me. You ought to know tonight that there is more comfort outside of the stronghold You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. And then David says, "Uh uh-oh. I was in the desert tending my sheep. When you called, oh God, for me, you anoint my head with oil. You say what you want to say, that's fine. But I believe in this very moment, Sister Williams, I believe that once again, David had the, he was, he was so strong in instances with the lion and with the bear and with Goliath. These are not a cause. But I believe in that moment he remembered I've been anointed. I have a calling on my life. You didn't send these people here because they were hiding and for their lives. You were sending these people here for me because with their help. You've got a plan. It's over. He says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. All the days. We're talking about a dude that was ready. He's thinking, man, he's going to find me in the cave. and I'm going to die. To a guy that says, this is going to follow me all the days. It changed his posture. It changed his mind when he got out of the stronghold, out of the cave. Then he said this, 
Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord all of the days of my life. What was he saying? If he did pin this while he was in the desert, he wasn't in the house of the Lord. But he was around some people. He was around people that had a common cause. You feel like tonight that you're surrounded. You feel like that the indebtedness of all of the things that are going on in your world have compounded. But can I tell you tonight, not only are you surrounded by a mighty hand of God, not only are you surrounded by an angelic host from heaven, but you are surrounded by people. You are surrounded by a family. You are surrounded by a group of people. You are surrounded tonight. And by the help of the Holy Ghost, we're going to break out of this cave. We're going to listen to the voice from heaven. We're going to quit making excuses. And we're going to say, I will dwell in the house of the Lord. In the desert, on the mountain. In the high places and the low places, I will dwell in the house of the Lord. I will dwell in the presence of the Lord. Well, I believe David was saying, I, I will not. I will not go back into a cave. See, because only you, I'm done, but only you can decide. Only you can make the decision. And that's why some are looking at me tonight like, you got anything else to say? I don't have anything else to say. Only you can make the decision. You hear me right now? That prophet couldn't make David get out of the cave. And those people that, were fo that had followed after David, they were not going to leave the cave just because the prophet spoke. But when David, when the captain, hear me right now, when the head of the house when the leader in the family said, we are leaving this cave right now. Stuff started falling off. Mentality started changing. Mm. I believe that the boys that were depressed and indebted and they were upset and they were mad and they were ticked off because things hadn't gone the way that they thought they had gone. They had been misunderstood. I believe all of those excuses begin to fall off of them. And I believe the closer that they got to Judah, the closer there was, a, there was something that just began to loose over them. Can I tell somebody tonight, you are closer than you give yourself credit for.
You're closer tonight. You're closer. You hear me tonight. You are closer. You are closer. You are closer. closer tonight. You're closer. I know, I should be, I should just sit down. But you're closer tonight. You're, you're, you're closer tonight. You feel like you, 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 you've convinced yourself that, 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 that there's no way. There's no way. There's no way. Maybe, maybe, maybe someone at school has told you there, there, there's no way you can be this. Maybe somebody has pushed, pushed back at you and said, listen to me, I just went all youth on y'all. You, you just, you. <laughs> maybe somebody at your job has told you, man, I thought, now listen to me, because somebody in this room is dealing with this right now. Somebody has said to you at work, maybe, I thought that you were, uh, I thought you was a Christian. And it's pushed you back just a little bit more to stay in that cave. You need to look them in the face and say, I thought I was too. And I might not be doing a very good job right now, but I'm coming out of the cave. I said, I'm coming out of the cave. You need to quit letting moments of weak, moments of insecurities and weaknesses I can only talk for me, but if I let what people say about me, I wouldn't even want to get out of bed in the morning. But I'm not worried about what people say about me. I can't be worried about what people say about me. Now, I want you to love me. I want you to like me. I hope that we can be buddies. I hope that we can drink coffee together and, and eat together and do all of those different kinds of things. But at the end of the day, what you say about me does not dictate who I am. And I will not allow it to put me in a place. Somebody needs to get a hold of this tonight. You can't allow what people think about you. Because when David started allowing what people thought about him, to get to him, he started tucking himself down. Don't tell Bishop. He started tucking people down. He started getting down and crouched down. He had to find a cave. He had to find a place to hide, Sister Natalie. He, he, he wasn't understood, maybe by the people that he works with. He, he wasn't understood because his gifting and his calling was so much different than what, what, what people thought that it should be. There was a reason that a horn of oil was dropped over my head. It wasn't because Saul hadn't originally been anointed and called to be king. It was because Saul thought that sacrifice was better than obedience. But David said, if the word of God, the man of God said move, obedience is better than sacrifice. Do you hear what I'm saying tonight? David was trying, trying, hiding so that he could sacrifice a little bit more time to get it figured out and hide. But he said, wait a minute. I don't want that anointing coming off of me. So I'm going to move when God says to move. Would you stand tonight?
Would you tonight? He's going to clean this up tonight. Thankfully, hopefully. You got to make some decisions for you. You got to quit giving in to peer pressure. Because the past failures will make you think that you can. Hear me right now. The past failures will make you, will try to give you an excuse to stay in the cave. But God's saying, get up, get up. Get out of the place of hiding. Break out of the stronghold. What was he saying? He was saying, David... If God had called you to just be tucked away and hid somewhere, he would have left you. Tending sheep. Minding your own business. Taking care of your father's house. But he's called you for more than that, David. And so you got to break out of that. Would you break out tonight of that? I wish tonight that I had some, some fancy prayer to pray with you and over you. Or something to say that would get you to hoop and get you to holler tonight or get you to move or get you to do something. But you got to decide tonight for yourself. You got to make up in you. I'm going to tell you right now. Sometimes the hardest thing to do is to get up and keep on going. But you got to make up in your mind I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get up, I'm going to keep going. If I got to break some stuff off of me to keep going, I'm going to keep on moving. If I'm carrying it all on my back and I don't feel like I can carry it anymore, I'm going to have to lay some of this stuff at the feet of Jesus and I'm going to have to keep on moving because he's not called me to hide. He's not called me to stay in the cave. He's not called me to be wrapped up in a stronghold, but he's called me to move. Would you do that tonight? In the name of Jesus, would you just begin to move in the spirit? Would you begin to move tonight? Would you begin to make a declaration to him tonight?